welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should add that onto the end of the theme music now instead. Instead of the guitar chord. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Another episode of the Brian Trust. In January 2019. You know, it's it's weird. It it. I don't know if it's just a hangover from last year. Like we're only 12 days into the year, and it already feels like it's been a month. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why. It's just like, oh, God. Maybe because uh, we're all looking so forward to this new year. Maybe. I don't I know don't if know. it's that or, like I said, because last year felt like about six. Uh, so I think it just kind of depends. Yeah. Like I said, I think maybe it's just a hangover from 2018 mm-hmm. a little bit or, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get more done. Like I got the movie challenge going on. and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're doing pretty well on that, huh? I've haven't dropped a day yet so nope and those movies you're posting i don't even know some of those movies i haven't even heard of what's the thing like a lot of it's the thing like there's stuff i've heard of but i've never watched and so that's a lot of it is it's all it's all new to me and i'm discovering new stuff as i go Mm -hmm. um that's kind of interesting so i mean this week it was more you know obviously it was more movies and we talked about that a little bit Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. last week about the the challenge this week was uh, let me see. Since last Saturday, so there were a couple of couple of comedies in there. Uh, one mm-hmm. that was more of a drama, a documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it was a nice cut uh, thing. I was thinking about I might do some point down the line, like take one of the months and do like a theme. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking about that because this week I watched um, a documentary called Bombshell, the Hedy Lamar story. Oh yeah, right. So about Hedy Lamar and like yeah. her her invention, her patent on frequency hopping, and right, like kind of her life story. And for those who don't who aren't aware, go see this documentary on Netflix. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's her kind of because it, it includes audio from a lost interview with her from like 1990. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's her life story in her own words. She's smart too. Yeah, really well, that's smart. the thing is she during the war when she she escaped Nazi Germany, her first husband was an arms manufacturer for the Nazis mm. um, and primarily torpedoes, which is kind of how she got some of her knowledge, but she is there's there. And it even shows like the animated, but it's like an apocryphal story. It's not, hasn't been confirmed like how she actually escaped mm-hmm. disguised as one of her maids. Yeah. Um, uh, escaped Austria and, came, and went to London and later to the U S uh, but she got a job in Hollywood as a movie star, you know, incredibly beautiful woman, incredibly mm. inventive. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Very I don't know about sheer intelligence, but she was clever and she mm-hmm. was, was curious. And, mm-hmm. and so she, she, she and this uh, composer, George Antile, who I was sort of aware of, um, I know some of his work, but together they patented this, this uh, way of using frequency hopping mm-hmm. to prevent jamming of torpedoes. Because mm-hmm. at the time you have to use like direct radio transmission between the ship and the torpedo to guide it. Right. Uh, but for, for people who aren't aware, this patent was the basis for what is now Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, cellular, military satellites. Yeah. Like everything we use to communicate these days came from this. Yeah. And she got no money for it. And that, so it was, fun. yeah, it, in some ways it, it's a shame. She just, but she even said in her own word, like later in the movie, like it wasn't about the money. She just wanted the recognition 
Mm-hmm. She wanted people to be aware that she wasn't just a pretty face. Mm-hmm. That was like her big struggle all her life. And she was one of Hollywood's early feminists. Mm-hmm. Like she would produce her own movies, which was unheard of at the time, you know, that kind of thing. So it was a struggle. A movie. But that, a woman. that led me to wow. this movie, her first Hollywood film called Algiers, um, which I was aware of. Um, cause years ago when I worked in Flagstaff, that was one of those like midnight movies we used to put on, mm. but I didn't watch, like I knew mm. the titles and stuff. And I just didn't, I really, cause either I fell asleep at the console or something. Mm. <laughs> that, was a, that was a rough time in my life. Uh, but so I went back and watched this and this was considered like a forerunner and actually inspired Casablanca ah. as well. Um, and you can see some similar tones in, in the plot and things that, you know, there's plot and the look of it, obviously, cause it's set in Morocco in the city of Algiers, you know, so there's, there's a lot, it's set in the same, roughly the same part of the world. Um, things like that. It's an interesting, it was an interesting story. That one's available on Amazon in several different variations because I think the copyright lapsed on it like years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody has their own, <laughs> their own version of it. I, that I'd love to see somebody do a remake because mm-hmm. that, that could actually be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched and that, that got me to thinking, so maybe like there may be a point down the line where I'll take a month and start a chain of movies, like each one relating to the one I saw the day before in some fashion. So whether that shares right. an actor or a director or a writer or something that links that together to go, Oh, Oh, this is interesting. Or this is, Oh, okay. So this led to this, or it's going to require a little more research. So I don't want to do it right now, but mm. down the road, I think that it might require a little more planning as to what I want to see and mm. stuff like that. So, but that could be uh, that could be interesting for sure. Yep, I think so. That was yeah. Bombshell was definitely the best thing I saw this week. Yeah, for sure. It was certainly the most fascinating. Um, Brave New Jersey was another one that was kind of it was okay um, in terms of quality, but it was fun. That it was it's set in this New Jersey, this small like dying farming town in New Jersey that hears the Orson Welles broadcast and thinks it's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> part of that going into that whole kind of dramatizing the panic that happened yeah. uh, at the time. So that was uh destination wedding was also pretty funny. That was mm-hmm. a recent one that's on, I think it was on Netflix. I don't remember which one I saw, but uh, that was Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder wow. of all yeah. people in a rom-com. Uh-huh. And it's very, it's a very deadpan comedy, but it's, it was pretty, and it's just the two of them. Like nobody else has lines in the entire movie. Mm. so it was it was fascinating like how it was shot was fascinating and it was kind of funny and like oh yeah that's you don't see keanu reeves in a lot of comedies so it was i thought that was no. fun so yeah he, no he say Whoa. some good stuff um uh i i've been posting it all on my facebook page and cross posting my twitter account so i mean yeah yeah i've been seeing it so as as things go by you guys can catch i actually got an, a like from the director of the of the hedy lamar documentary because I mentioned it. I'm like, oh, yay, thank you. you know, That's pretty cool. That was nice of her. I'm sure she did that to anybody who mentions the doc. So, because it was her oh. first, her first like full feed, full length yeah. documentary. She's done stuff oh. for now. And I mean, she's done documentaries before. She's been like an associate producer. This is her first time actually directing, like, it looks like a full, very full cool. feature directing and producing. That's pretty cool. Documentary, so. That's very, very cool. Yeah. And then there's laser team. Oh, no, that's what, I saw that yesterday. That was actually pretty funny, but mm. um, I wanted silly. I wanted something silly after last few days. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's tear and tack. You know, so I, a lot of it just day to day, I'm just picking something at random out of my queue and be like, I'm going to watch mm. that. 
Yeah. But sometimes I change my mind. I'm like, I'm going to watch this instead. So. Right, exactly. Because I had like the um, Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles, the third movie, mm-hmm. which I've actually never seen. Come to think of it, I've never seen the original either. I've only seen mm-hmm. two. Mm. For, some, for some reason, I've only ever seen the second one, which I think You've never is the seen the original Crocodile Dundee. I, no, I've seen parts of it. Like I've seen like oh, okay. parts Does of the beginning count? and like I've seen the end. Right. Um, but I think they basically recreate the end in the second movie anyway. But yeah. so it's like, so I've seen two, but I've seen two all the way through and I never bothered to watch three because I'm like, eh, I don't Nah. Because it looks stupid, but I'm still going to yeah. watch it anyway because sometimes they are stupid and that's just the way it is. Right. Um, like the Ernest goes to wherever Ernest oh, yeah. goes to camp, Ernest, Ernest goes Ernest. to Mars or whatever. Yeah. Well, the, the one, the three I saw of the Ernest movies were Ernest goes to camp, Ernest saves Christmas and Ernest goes yeah. to jail. Yeah. And Ernest goes to jail is actually pretty funny. So yeah. I've not seen scared stupid or Ernest goes to Africa. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, I may put those on the list somebody. If I can find them on streaming, I may watch them at some sure. point. But, you know, it's, I'm not, you know, what? I'm not desperate uh, for that. You know what movie came up for me the other day? Uh, Corvette Summer. Did you ever see really? Corvette Summer? No, yeah. no, I've not. I, I mean, I know of it. Obviously, famously, it's the one that um, Mark Hamill did after Star Wars and, and Amy Potts Empire. Yeah, and so that was. Yeah, it's it's. I think you would like it. Corvette Summer. Yeah, I, it's I, kinda, I don't know why that one came up for me. I don't. It popped in my head, and I was like, huh. Oh, well, it's uh, yeah. It's been around. It's not. Yeah, it's 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 available for rent on the streaming services. I think I just haven't, um, I just haven't jumped on it yeah. at that point. Yeah, and that's you know that's one of those things where it's uh, that's it's an interesting one. On. I actually yeah, most I of it for me most of it if, it if if it's available on streaming then I'll watch it. Yeah, uh, I'm trying not to spend money right now. So of course, of course, I'm just using my. Uh, Annie my, Potts does a really great performance in that movie too. I mean, Mark Hamill was. Well, that was like one of her first movies, if I recall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, As well. So. Yeah, that's an entertaining movie. Corvette Summer. Oh, that's terrifying. No, not that. Sorry. It came out like 1979 or 78, something like that. 79. I think it was was 79. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. 78 or 79. But it's a a fantastic. It's pretty funny. (laughs) You'll wind up cheering at the end. Oh no, I'm sure. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it looks like an intriguing thing. It, I, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. That's uh, yeah, but that's where that's where I'm at with the movie thing. Still, still puttering along. Good. You know, like I said, I've got it on Facebook. I've got it on uh, on Twitter for those who are following either of those mm-hmm. uh, pages um, to keep track of. So you can you can watch that. You can play along. You can you yeah, know, whatever. It's okay. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, just a fun, it's just a fun project I'm doing for myself. I'm not really getting anything out of it other than huh. watching new movies, which is, or at least right. new to me. Like I said, today right. I might actually go to the movie theater and see a movie. In fact, that's, we that's kind of my plan too. is to go to the movie theater and actually watch a current movie. Um, yeah. We were thinking about that too. We got uh, a couple of movie tickets for Christmas and we're thinking about nice. cashing them in today. Do having some fun this weekend. I have I have gift cards, and one of them might just cost the cover, cover the cost of going to the movie. <laughs> ah, uh, so I don't know. Well, no, I've been thinking about. It. I might go see Aquaman. Is that a hundred dollar gift card? <laughs> no, it's only it's only twenty five. But if I'm getting into the matinee, it might be just enough. Ah, uh, you just might uh, squeak in. Yeah. Um, well, there's a couple of different because there's still two or three different theaters around where I can go. I mean, there's my usual place I go, but then there's um, 
the Regal Terror, which is like a force. That's a, that's a more like art house indie indie movie theater. Mm-hmm. And they're showing the on the basis of sex, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh yeah, one of the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movies, not the documentary, but the actual fictional one. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to see that. Um, the Midtown Art Center was another one. Of, I mean, still, most of the theaters are still showing Bohemian Rhapsody. Cool, you got to see that. Uh, if you haven't seen I know that. it's on my list. I just movie. I don't know if I need to see it in a theater theater. So Ooh, like yes, because but the a lot music. of these movies I don't need to see in a theater theater. So no, that's true. That's true. Um, but like, usually, you know what musicals I like seeing in the theater because the the sound system is far superior to whatever. Sure. In my house and so well, like for me but for me i don't go for the musical i go for the story of course so for me that's like there's a lot of good there's musical, like yeah you know a lot of good queen music in this one you're gonna you're gonna i i i don't hate queen as a band so that's like, no 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 right. i don't mind that yeah no that's the thing like i would make an exception for that because i don't mind because it's queen you know right they've well, always made a good, saw... they've always they do good soundtracks so it's, oh yeah oh yeah flash gordon highlander mm. Oof, yeah my goodness um we, uh when we saw Led Zeppelin's Celebration Day in the theater uh it was it was a phenomenal sound system and they had cranked it up louder than they normally would have and right. it was like we were sitting there at, it was a respectable yeah. level but it was louder than normal but that what an experience that was holy yeah. moly you know i never i i admit maybe i shouldn't admit this in public i don't i never got into zeppelin i don't uh, not the not. I don't think Man, that's bad. our show, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, just, you can uh, find us on the internet. <laughs> this podcast is over. No, um, <laughs> Click. No, no. I uh, hello, hello. How dare you? No. Um, no, I don't think that. No, it's not that I think they're bad. I maybe I just haven't heard enough of it. I'm not really experienced in a lot of. But that's the thing. Like as, and that's uh, I'm ashamed to say that as a Gen Xer because it's like. I didn't grow up on Zeppelin. I'm sorry. Like I, I didn't either. You know, just, you know what? Like, I, I, I just, I've never really been. Well, and this is one of those things for me. Oddly enough, I identify more as a millennial than I do as Gen X. I just, well, you're probably closer, right? I mean, well, no, well, no, no. I'm no. at the I'm at the baby end of Gen X for sure. Yeah, you are. But it, 19, it starts at millennial starts at 1980, right? Roughly, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's about that. Um, yeah, my brother and yeah, I kind of fall. Well, my brother definitely falls in that kind of cross generational mm. section. Sure. Whereas I'm still technically, according to all the measurements, like firmly in Gen X, but I don't identify with any of them. Mm-hmm. Like I hang right. out with people because all the Gen Xers I know are older. You know, several years older. Like my sister. My sister is like yeah. three than I am, or you know, yeah, um, yeah. and most yeah. I have a lot of friends that are starting to turn fifty and. Right. Uh, well, like I'm, a, I'm just like I, I just don't identify with their taste. It's like really sure. weird to me. Though. Right. Right. Well, I'm a 1970 model, yeah. and uh, I mean, I've always been a late bloomer. So you know. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but for me, it was more the high school I went to. I mean, that was just the thing, right? Sure. And uh, and plus, growing up in Chicago, big blues influence, right? So Led Zeppelin kind of. Yeah. Kind of, you know, Led Zeppelin has uh, has its roots in in blues. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and then when I had my radio program in high school, um, I opened up my show with rock and roll, you know, that's, that was the theme music for my show. Sure. And, um, yeah, so I just, you know, I didn't become a huge Zeppelin fan, but I did enjoy their music. Sure. Yeah, no, know? I, um, I think it's, um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like I said, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just haven't really had the opportunity. Like I know, some people go through it, didn't they? I think they just re- they had released all their stuff on vinyl again, or was it them, or was it? It was a couple no of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. 
because my uh, like my brother in law had gone to a, a listening party or something. Like one oh, of his yeah. coworkers had bought. It was like a four hundred dollar vinyl set, or some ridiculous amount of yeah, money. Crazy for vinyl. Yeah, records. But vinyl to them all. I yeah. I get why people like it. That's oh. fine. It's just a warmer sound. But you True. can get you can kind of get close to that with like a da- a good DAC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's not. I never. Yeah, I'm not as much of an. But you're still audiophile. missing. I, I'm thing, like a big in voiceover, of course. I'm not as much of an audiophile as as some people, I guess. But right. <laughs> you're shocking uh, me left and right with all these statements. I, I, yeah, which is weird. Yeah, being being in voiceover and sound design. Yeah, I don't know anything about. Audio. I don't care about sound, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but like you know what? With the thing with digital is there's some free, there's it, it, the frequency, the bandwidth of the frequency is different in a, in a CD. Yeah, like it's cut in vinyl. It even though we can't hear it, the, the it's there, right? Yeah, right, and so, right. And so you get this warmer, fuller experience. But you know, um, I, for me, when I'm like ripping CDs and whatever, I I do flack, and then I do some post audio stuff with the CDs and then I run it through a DAC when I'm listening to it. So, so I have that. It's, so it's fooling me to think that it's a warmer sound, but right. But right. yeah, you can totally tell the difference between vinyl and CD back to back. You can totally tell it, tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's so much maintenance with records and the dust and you got to clean out the, you know, you have to like, like for me, when I was, when I was doing my radio show it was all vinyl and I would actually have this like vinyl brush and I would have to put this like solution on there, and then and I would while the record was turning, I would have to put the brush on the record so that it would get in all the grooves and get all the dust out of there. Because you know, when the needle dropped, the needle would then scrape all the dust out of there, and then of course, you know, it could skip because there was so much dust built up at the end of the needle. Oh, it was a pain. I can see why people went to CD, you know. Yeah. yeah. But if you took good care of your records and you kept them fairly dust free, you know. But then there was always, you know, nobody will, most people can't identify with this, but like when you would put the record back in the sleeve, you would have to put it in the paper sleeve first, and then maybe right. the sleeve was faced up, and then you would put it in the sleeve. What most people did was they just turned everything sideways, so you lift up the record, and then the record would roll out onto the floor. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, so I hate yeah, that I've that. seen that with other things too. So it's, I think that... Uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that vinyls made like a comeback almost as a collector's thing. I mean, it's a lot of what we've done with stuff well, look, about, like right. vinyls coming back. I mean, we're remaking or remake re- or making sequels to stuff from the eight, like stuff we haven't seen in 30 years. Top yeah, gun. Look at this top gun. is coming out. I, exactly. And that's, and that's a sequel to the original right. movie. It sure is. And um, then, uh, there's a nine to five sequel coming out. Oh, is there? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, even, with the original even, cast. But even if we talk about Star Wars, I mean, yeah, it, it's been away for even even after the prequels, it's still been like 15 years or it's yeah. been like 12 or 15 years. But even then it had been, you know, it's set 30 years after the original movies, which hadn't been out for like 30 years, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah. Um, but, you know, so that or Tron Legacy or mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think some of the others. Uh, I'm blanking now. Why am I suddenly blanking on this? Er. Uh, or a TV show like One Day at a Time came mm-hmm. back in a different form, but it's still Norman Lear who created the original series, like bringing it back. Right. Or Murphy Brown, yeah, Murphy Brown know, that didn't last, but you know it was um, right. Will and Grace, it's a little out of its time. Yeah, Will and Grace. There's another one, Roseanne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
that didn't last long. No, now they're the, not, they're not, the not, not in that form, but no. Well, they killed her off pretty quickly too after that whole thing. Well, with her Twitter. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh, no, I mean, okay. It is what it is. Yeah, pretty much. So, I think. But yeah, but that, but but it is interesting with the vinyl because now companies are making Bluetooth record players. Yeah. Where you know where like you can be playing a record and then you stream it to your Bluetooth speaker, whatever. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Wish I had that when I was a kid because everything had to be in one location. I could have done that. Well, done those, that those, nice that, but those the speakers a lot of time aren't like super high quality either. So. No. Uh-uh. So that makes it actually kind of more replicates the the hi-fi kind of feel of actually having a mm-hmm. record player back in the day with a little tinny speaker on it and like right. Have you ever seen the documentary from the Foo Fighters uh back and forth? No. Okay. The in the documentary they basically uh oh no no no, I'm sorry. Different documentary. Sound City. Uh Sound City's another Foo Fighters uh, Right. Well, that's specifically No, I know of it. I didn't I didn't yeah. see it, but it's not it's just specifically Dave Grohl. Yes. Uh, on that one because that that's that's always been like his big thing. Exactly. Um, Where they go to they yeah. basically what they do is he goes back to Sound City because they were so excited about as a band Nirvana. They were so yeah. excited about finally being discovered and finally going to a record studio and yeah, you know, and they're going to record and they and they uh, they had heard about Sound City and they thought it was this glorious place. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, and they get there and it's a dump. It's like it's an absolute dump. The well, they had, but they had like been there. That's vomit. the thing. Like well, when they went when they went and recorded in ninety one the place had already been open for like 20 years and they had actually yes. like big names had recorded there. And that's yeah. especially their breakthrough, a lot of their breakthrough work. Exactly. Um, and they had this exactly. very unique analog console that Dave Grohl bought when the studio closed. The Neve. And that's, yeah. And that's what kind of inspired the documentary in the first place was buying mm-hmm. exactly. items from the, from the, from the studio. Yep. And that's the, they're actually, every Foo Fighters album is recorded on that Neve uh, console, yeah. which they, disassembled he purchased it they disassembled it brought it back to la reassembled it in his studio right you know refurbished it reassembled it and it's all analog and mm-hmm. it and you can you can hear it it is a fantastic yeah no it's, there's it's crazy. and that's the thing it's something there's something to be said for using analog over digital yeah uh, and that kind of thing which which is interesting. I, I'll come back to that at some. Right. I, I, that leads into one of the stories I actually wanted to talk about today. But I don't. I, okay. You know. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to pivot in the middle of the story. So that's right. It, it, but that's another movie. If you haven't seen Sound City, that you, I think you would enjoy that because what they do then yeah. is they then they bring back all of these artists that had recorded on that uh, on that console, like Fleetwood Mac, Rick Springfield. Uh, uh, I'm I'm blanking. Um, dude yeah, from Brett. Motorhead, uh, Lemmy. Lemmy. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, but they, but then then of course then they came out with a soundtrack for Sound City, and it's a right awesome right soundtrack. It's really yeah. Good. It's actually available on Amazon, so I will. Mm-hmm. I will. That's a good one. That uh, that's a good on, documentary. If you want on Amazon, Roku, Hoopla, Voodoo, Tubi, Canopy. So if you if you if you have a public library membership, so you're the Hoopla or Canopy, Canopy, probably one of those services is available to you yeah. for free. Yeah. A uh, little plug for the public library there. Uh, right. 
Well, and Dave yeah. Grohl is just a stand-up guy. I really like him. Well, yeah, like, no, I have a lot of I love the Foo Fighters music. Um, oh yeah, I have a great respect for his work. I, you know, oh, I don't yeah. have any problem with that. Um, He's a no-nonsense guy. I will He's go back great. and watch that at some point. Uh, I think you would like that one. I, I enjoy that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, then let's pivot a little bit. Then speaking of things that have been around a long time, CES was this week. Pivot in Vegas, Pivot. the the consumer yeah. electronics show, which is mm-hmm. one of these things. It's a it's a trade show in Vegas. It's always one of the biggest of the year, mm-hmm. uh, outside of NAB, which mm-hmm. is I think CES is the biggest of the year, and then like NAB and maybe DefCon mm-hmm. are are two of the other kind of big shows that um, right. conferences that happen in Las Vegas throughout the right. year. Uh, CES is always interesting because they a lot of companies release new products, uh, things in advance of the, you know, stuff that that's not necessarily out yet, but will be soon or stuff that's being released or thing like, for example, Samsung has a new TV, Mm -hmm. 120 inches that they call the wall. Oh Um, my goodness. Admittedly, there were a lot of Trump jokes that ran through my head when I saw that Uh, article, but (laughs) um, anyway, but yeah, Mexico's I mean, literally, not paying for that one either. Picture of it, but it's like 120 inch diagonal. I'm like, oh yeah. wow, that is just ridiculously large. Yeah. Um. You know, you want a movie theater in your house? That's that's, that's their it. Screen right there. Yep. Um. And surprisingly, not yeah. a lot of power to to uh to get that thing running. Like the technology uh, they're using is crazy. Yeah, it's you know, and that's the thing is it's a lot of well LEDs things like that. It's it's yeah. becoming a lot easier. It's becoming a lot more efficient to power some of these things. Right, right. Um, but one of the things that uh, there were a couple of things that came up through CES that interested me uh, specifically. Uh, one of them is interesting. It's called Line Dock. Line Dock, eh? Now this is specifically for ideally geared towards Mac users. So those of you who have like a MacBook Pro or yes. the brand new MacBook Air that got released this year, stuff that's USB-C only, uh-huh. uh, you understand the pain of only having that one port yep. or um, uh, something to that effect. You know, basically you have one port that'll, that, that allows you to charge and do those things. What mm-hmm. this does, this is basically a battery and a hub. Oh, It's got nine ports on it. <laughs> What so you connect via USB-C, and it's the size of either like a 13-inch or a 15-inch MacBook Pro. So, uh-huh. you know, you remember those, um, I can't remember the company that made them, but they're like the, like the size of the Mac Mini, and they would sit underneath. Mm. It'd be like a secondary hard drive and a bunch of extra ports. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like that, essentially. It's the size of it, so you can take it with you wherever you go. But it's got mm. three, US, three additional USB-C ports, three regular USB ports. Mm. Uh, 3.0. It's got a um, Thunderbolt, a mini display, and an SD card reader Wow-wee, on this man. thing. And it's got a battery in it. It's like a 20,000 milliamp battery. So you can charge up to like six devices on this thing. Yeah. Um, and if you get the upgraded version, you can actually get an SSD included in, like you can pay a little bit more and put uh-huh. an SSD inside of it. Yeah. Um, to have an, have an external hard drive as well. Yeah. Uh the the price for the base price is like 300 bucks, which makes sense. I mean, it's a large mm-hmm. footprint, but it's very thin. The idea is mm-hmm. that you tra- that it comes with you. Like you don't leave it, like mm-hmm. you take it with you where you go. Mm-hmm. Um so that you can uh do things with like you could charge your computer if you needed to or um like you have additional ports to plug things in. And that's really the kind of the key there. 
Um, if you get one with a hard drive, it's a bit more, but I, I like that idea. And it, it's compatible with, like I said, with the new MacBook Air that came out this year because they went USB-C on that, I believe. Um, hmm. But it's also available uh, for the Mac. It was originally designed specifically designed for the MacBook Pro. Yeah. Uh, but I like the idea that it's... Um, yeah. You can do it with the MacBook Air as well. So, yeah. That is really, I'm looking at it now. That's actually really cool. Yeah, I know. I was like, ooh, SSC, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, so there's that. The other thing that I that I saw, this is one of the weirdest ones. This, I, I, it took me a couple of tries to find an article and only play the video on it. So hmm. a few years ago, this company ran a Kickstarter, was successfully funded. So they built their project. And it it came out in full force at CES this year. They had a booth. Uh, they licensed from Atari the game Pong. Oh, yeah. And this, I'm going to put the link in the robot for you so you can see it. This is what they came up with that they're releasing. It is mechanical Pong in a coffee table form, basically. Say with what? A, with the, with the, the, the dial that you turn to go back and forth. Yeah, like it's it's pong, but it's literally like a physical slider and cube shaped ball that goes back and forth on this surface, and it follows the physics, the exact physics of the game. And <laughs> this is the dumbest thing ever, um, in some ways. But it's like this is nostalgia run amok. Run amok. It comes in like a coffee table, arcade table, cocktail table size. It comes in a few different sizes. The base price for this is like three grand. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, and that's the yeah. I believe the the coffee table version is three grand, and you can but, but you can hide the the controls so you don't spill stuff on it and actually use it as an actual coffee table too. But you can pop yeah, the, right. the levers out for the controls. The arcade version is like a customized quote or a cocktail table like you'd see it. Um, like when we were kids and at Pizza Hut, they had those Pac Man like the tabletop version that you play. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. I remember in my back in Pennsylvania at Pizza Hut, we used to like to go to Pizza Hut just so we could play Pac-Man. Yeah, uh, on those consoles. So they have a version like that as well. Um, those are only available like custom order kind of quotes and stuff. But the, yeah, the coffee table is available for like three thousand um, dollars. It does a lot of stuff though. I'm looking here, like streams music. It can charge yeah. your devices. It can. Yeah, it's a full like it's a full entertainment. It's like a little mini entertainment platform. In terms of in terms of that stuff, yeah. It's, but uh, the fact that it plays Pong is just like, oh, it's a big ass. T- it just reminds me of when Microsoft Surface was first released in that giant tabletop form. Yeah, it's like it's a big ass table. Yep. You know, it's just like, oh, what happened to that thing? Is that thing even still available? It's I I don't know. It, the idea was I think it was the original that original uh, version was specifically uh, uh, the idea was it was supposed to be a, a co- proof of concept sure, for the entire surface line. I think it was just like the beginning of what they were doing. Right. right. Um, let me see here. There was an article and that's from 2012. Let's see. That's 2017. Cause they released that in like 2008. Hmm. As I remember. Yeah. They, they, yeah, the the multi because basically they were showing off the multi touch technology. They still use it in like some version of that in uh, like Hawaii Five O. You'll see it and like some yeah. a lot of cop shows and stuff where they have that with the yeah. the multi screens yeah. and you throw stuff up and 
Yeah, right. Okay, so it still kind of exists, but I mean, the original ta- that original table was like twelve thousand dollars or something. So it's uh, yeah. They they still haven't really uh, done anything with it, so I don't know specifically what they're doing um, with regards to that yet. Hmm. Um, I think that they rebranded it as uh, Pixel Sense, which was more about the uh, the technology, the underlying touch technology. Right. Um, and if you go to PixelSense.com, it just redirects you to Surface to their to right. their page about the Surface. Um, the devices like the studio, I would think the surface studio is probably the closest mm. that they have, which is the giant, um, like art table kind of art mm. display thing, mm-hmm. uh, for pros and stuff that that's probably the closest they have to that now at this point. Uh, mm. most of it's in the, in the laptop size, uh, right. which, which is fine. I, I mean, I've, I've looked at some of those, the surface one, I mean, the surface pros, especially they're not bad. Mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me hmm. but uh i mean i and if i wasn't invested in the mac infrastructure for my day-to-day work i would probably seriously consider that you know and yeah yeah especially with windows 10 which is actually a really good operating system and uh i think and then they've got the surface go which is like their super entry-level version of surface yeah um which i was like looking at that going eh, i don't know how i feel about that but yeah. <laughs> i don't need yeah. i would want i would want to pro system i just know me sure um but uh yeah so that's uh yeah so that's that's oh yeah so that pong i just yeah the tabletop pong the table pong project and it's licensed from atari so it is an official licensed product wow yeah i know i was just that's craziness um but yeah we put a link to their website in there so you can watch the video and and look at some of the the details they have about the product, but this made all this kind of surprised a lot of people at CES this year. Um, but they have dealers in a lot of places in the U S and internationally. So hopefully yeah. they'll, I wish them all the success in the world. That's fine. Um, if I had an excess amount of disposable income, I would probably think about this really hard. I don't know yeah. that I'd buy it, but I think about it really, really hard. <laughs> like, I'd like one of those. Ta- I don't know if I would, get this i would get like a tabletop arcade system uh where you where it has like multiple things that yeah you, you get like a main, build a main ca- yeah you can get like a main up. cabinet yeah they're like commercially available now and oh yeah i would totally get one of those uh-huh. buy one that like sits on a table um it's not like the full arcade cabinet you can actually get a box to like an yep, exactly box if you want but they have them now where you can do that right there's yeah. actually um there's an episode of Show. Let me see if I can find the. Uh, let me grab the the link on YouTube for it. It was specifically for because um, as I've talked about Critical Role, they've started releasing other shows, and they have one they uh, called All Work No Play, mm. and it uh, specifically they did they did an episode where they built a meme cabinet. Uh, for themselves and the and like you see them go they worked with the company specifically and um designed the buttons and uh did all that i'll see let me see if i can find the uh if i can find the episode i'll throw it in the in the in the list uh let's see here which one is it it's the last one no it was there it is okay i had a friend of mine that had a small business for a while where they did that with a raspberry pi 
where he yeah, built well, that's, a, uh, my, my brother did that um, <laughs> with the retro pie. He basically built, uh, put a raspberry pie together and hooked it up to his TV for his kids to play for and for himself too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to play. Yeah, there it is. That's put that in here for that. Yeah. So that's, that's the episode of that show. Cool. Um, it's a fun show. Like Felicia day joins them and stuff. And they basically putting together like the cabinet, actually wiring the stuff in and choosing the buttons and like how they want it decorated. And mm-hmm. which I think was pretty funny. They're actually doing another show on that on the network called Mame drops. So it's basically just them hanging out playing video games. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> for like an hour, just shooting the breeze, which I think is cool. watched the pilot of it. It was fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but I've, I've watched the show for a number of years. So I know everybody and I, I kind of watched everybody involved. So for me, it's entertaining just to watch them yeah. talk yeah. about stuff, I guess. Um, yeah. I think that'd be weird. I never thought I'd be a guy who'd be like, I love watching videos of people playing video games. Yeah. Not all of them, but just certain ones <laughs> just right. really hooked me. Like they're really good. They can tell good stories that way. Have you ever seen the movie King of Kong? Um, no, we've talked about it before. Um, that might be another one to add to your list. It's actually a very entertaining movie about yeah. Donkey Kong. Yeah, I, I remember what it's about. That it was yeah. one of those things that, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. We had. I remember we we talked. I think we talked about it in one of our early episodes. Yeah, yeah. Among other things, but yeah, we've. Um, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, King of Kong. That's actually a really good one because it, it it'll stir up some emotion, and you're like, why am I getting emotional here? Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> it's if it comes available at some point, yeah, I'll keep an eye on. I'll keep an eye out yeah. for it. Um, yeah, that's a good one. For that I like that forward. one. Um, so I think the other one of the other kind of weird stories I want to talk. This is not related to CES. Mm-hmm. This was it popped up on. I don't remember why it popped up. I think somebody had saved it on uh, Pinboard or something on one of my on one of the social media sites. I've read it or somebody mentioned it. So. They were, t- they were telling out that this particular product was sold out. And this was something that sold at Costco. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to throw the link in the robot for you so that you have it. This is, it's called Chef's Banquet, uh, is a brand name for it. It is a 27-pound bucket of mac and cheese. Say what? Yeah. It's, it's not, um, oh, man, that's terrible. That's, <laughs> I found the article on Mashable. Yeah, it's, it's a super long they really should be better wrong. about. Let me let me oh, find a shorter. Let's see if we can find a shorter. Say what? Twenty-seven yeah. pound. Holy it's it's one hundred and eighty servings. They're prepackaged. It's not actual like a bucket of nothing but mac oh. and cheese, and you have to cook it. Like how do you but, fit that bucket in the microwave? No, no, that's terrible. Yeah, no, I thought that at first too. I'm like, that's disgusting, and then I realized like, oh wait, no, it's not pre-made. But fine. No, it's like one of those survival bucket kind of things, you know. So it's got like hundred and eighty serving so you've got a package of sauce of sauce and a package of pasta and you cook it up and that's like your serving of whatever so (laughs) it's meant for like long term and the idea is that each pouch is sealed in such a way yeah ensure a shelf life of 20 years 20 years i know i was like that's insane yeah this is basically for preppers or people who are going to go camping or feed like you know 200 people and feel like they need a side for their meal Uh, yeah (laughs) It's, it's it's so it's available at Costco for like ninety bucks. It's available at uh, on Amazon for like a hundred and fifty because Costco oh sold out. So it's it's sold out online at least. Uh, it's possible, here. It's possible okay. at a local Costco near you. I don't know, but here's what I'll do. We're going to Costco today. If I see this thing, I will 
pick it up and take a picture with it and post it. Okay. Yeah. Don't buy it. <laughs> take a picture with it. Um, Wait, I don't even know what I, where I would put this. <laughs> I do. I, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I'm just like, I mean, I like mac and cheese, but holy crap. I don't know that I could eat six months of mac and cheese, you know, six months of nothing but macaroni and cheese. I would be sick of it after a while. And, and if it doesn't, well. Well, that's the thing. You have no idea what it's actually going to taste. Well, I will right. say this. In its defense, um, the fact that the packet comes as a sauce and not as a powder, I consider that a plus. Mm-hmm, uh, I find it. I find the mac and cheese when you're making it like that, it works out better if it's a if it comes as like a even though it's like a paste sauce, it's a little more solidified than a full sauce. Mm. Uh, like I like the Velveeta or like Craft Deluxe or something where it comes in the because you get the powdered stuff and it's just awful. No, it's uh, not that good. No, I like it better with the. I find it. I find it mixes better with the sauce and and does that stuff because there's always if it's powdered, there's always a little powder left over and it's also like, right. It doesn't quite mix right and yeah, so that's. That's a little craziness, but I, I just thought that was funny to like, you know, I know Costco sells some really strange stuff sometimes, but that's just like why I don't know why anybody, because I've seen those buckets like survivalist buckets where it's like enough meals for like a month or yeah you know, for a family of four or whatever. But this yeah. is just like, this is a very specific, this must be for the really picky eaters. Well, and, and if you have a large crowd, like let's say you had well, right. a, like I said, if you're serving like 200 people at a wedding and need a side. Yeah, <laughs> there you so go. Listen, there you go. But how long would it take to make all these things? Oh boy. Well, I would, I would assume you could mix multiple servings together. Oh yeah, of course. And dole yeah. it out that Bigger way. If you wanted, yep, yep. 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 I mean, if you, if you think about that, it was like, even if you ate, ate it morning, noon and night, like three meals yeah. a day, three servings a day. It would still take you like two months to eat all of that. Well, what kind of preservatives are in there that it'll last? For That's what scares me. I like. I for really want to see the I really want to see the the ingredient package on that. I'll take a picture uh, of it if we see this today. I will yeah. take a picture of it and I'll send you the ingredients that I'm sure are on the back of the bucket. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and this is like listed. a bucket that you could use to like wash your car afterwards. It, it was like, listed it, on Costco as sold out. It's now it's now listed as being on back order, and it's expected oh. to ship. Uh, All right. On, well, if I see like, it, today, unlike yeah. unlike Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, or like Wednesday or Thursday, basically. No, yeah. I mean, that's just I I I honestly it it boggles my mind. Uh, they do include there is a link on the PDF to the nutrition facts from the bucket. Okay. Um. And what they make with it, so it's it's about what I would expect for for a mac and cheese. It's basically, yeah, it's elbow pasta, semolina, mm-hmm. niacin, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't look like anything more than you would buy at the grocery store. It's just mm-hmm. in a giant. <laughs> oh, it looks okay. like it is powdered. Oh, it is powdered sauce, cheese sauce. Ugh. Never mind then. Well, wait, yeah, it says a cup, quarter cup of cheddar cheese sauce mix cheddar cheese sauce mix with a half cup of water and mix yeah it's powdered powdered mm. cheese sauce. well that's how you get your shelf life it's powdered. well yeah that makes sense yeah if stores everything's dehydrated product should retain its shelf life for up to 20 years yeah <sighs> Boy. i just each pouch contains an oxygen absorber to ensure maximum shelf life okay i don't know how that works but all right yeah don't but, eat that at packet. least they put the allergy and things on here contains wheat contains milk well duh <laughs> yeah Produced in a facility that handles milk, soy, eggs, wheat, and tree nuts. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that, 
that boggles my mind. I don't know. Did you ever see, have you ever followed like uh, those Captain Obvious posts where it's like, thanks, Captain Obvious, right? I saw Sometimes. one, I saw one where it was like, they were at a grocery store and it was like these, that it was in the produce section. It was a big old thing of peanuts. And in the middle of the peanuts was a sign that <laughs> said, contains peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Well, sometimes, Thanks, <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes you need that. There was, uh, well, it's like I, I saw a sign in a grocery store for gluten-free ham. I'm like, oh, huh? what? But, ah, but my sister-in-law, who is gluten intolerant now, has told me it's because it depends on what they feed the pigs. Because oh. the gluten can stay in there when they slaughter them and it ends up in the meat and stuff. And if you're super sensitive right. to gluten, like you can, you will. Yeah reacted i'm like wow i had no idea right um so i thought or that people was people that are this is something i learned right uh, people that are soy intolerant uh you got to look out for the meat that you're eating because sometimes the farmers feed the chickens or the cows or whatever soy-based yeah. products so you're actually eating a fair amount of soy yeah in that, right that's something so grass-fed you always gotta look for grass-fed or natural or whatever yeah. No yeah. All right. I have one last thing to share today. This is really right. silly. I saw it this morning. Uh, somebody had, had posted it on Facebook, but I went and found the original YouTube video for it. Uh, just since we were talking about being Gen X and millennials getting older and things of that nature. This is um, this video is on YouTube. Currently this guy basically had these two teenagers and challenged them to see if they could, figure out how to dial a rotary phone. We just watched that this morning. That Oh, did you? Good. Okay. Oh, <laughs> was, yes. I, I didn't watch the whole, I watched about half of it and I was like, I can't, this is too painful, it was painful. to watch. It was it so was, painful to watch. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> it looks like they get so close and then they just give up. And I was like, Oh, but, um, I love watching them. I'm like, uh, Whoa, Whoa. And yeah, those was, of us that grew up with that rotary phone though, you always yeah. hated when your friends had the like the the large numbers. Like, oh, there's a zero in there. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. I I found that I yeah. I grew up. I remember having a rotary phone. I don't remember when we switched to Touchtone. It was I want to say it was probably when we moved to Arizona. Finally, I think in like '85, and we had because we had rotary dial phones in the house for a long time. I don't, I honestly yeah. don't remember when we swapped them out eventually for touchstone, but yeah. Um, no, it was before, I could swear it was before that. I remember getting in trouble for dialing those nine, seven, six numbers. Oh, the party uh, line as a kid. They were, yeah. Or yeah. Like the chat, you know, with like a dollar yeah. a minute or whatever. And yeah, well, cause whatever. it was like a comedy line that I called, you know, cause I wanted to yeah, hear right. the and stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Damn you, Rip Taylor. You betrayed me. Uh, <laughs> Um, Rip Taylor. Yeah, that one at the time was Rip Taylor. I think it was. I think it was like eight. I don't remember how old I was. Yeah, but it was funny. You know, it was still a funny. Line. Yeah, of course. But um, yeah, yeah, it was just before the nine hundred numbers really existed. When they, it was local, you know, nine seven six, and it was like a local, mm -hmm. sort of a local mm -hmm. call, but not really. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they had those, and they had uh, there were a few different ones like that that were kind of weird and silly i mean i can get that with the when i when i watch them it's funny because where they're it's like they're they really are trying you know to be honest like because it's something they've never really seen before like yeah. how it works and stuff and i'm like 
I can yeah. see the logic of that if you try sort of figure it out and you know and it's 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 challenging because it, it looks like it's not plugged in like he literally just sets the phone down I think right. I don't know if it's actually hooked in it is plugged in yeah they oh, pick up the receiver the and they're like what do you hear yeah it's a working rotary phone yeah okay so I was like because that just seems odd I wonder I wonder if it would honestly still actually work I th- I imagine it does but um yeah. I think they still work. Uh, we have a neighbor of ours that has a rotary phone. It still works. Yeah. I was always kidding. Yeah. It's one of those like interesting. Okay. Like, I would feel bad. of like, nah, cause that's, and when they invented nine on one, it was still rotary dial phones, you know? Yeah. Like, nine, brrr, one, 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 one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it takes too long. Um, well, yeah. cause originally I, if I understand, if I remember correctly, they were going to do like nine, 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 like in the UK. Yeah, but that's because it would take too long with the rotary phone, and they didn't. Right. Yeah, and I don't think they could do one one one. So yeah, yeah. But I used to hate when I would dial the number and I would get to like the six digit, and I made a mistake. I'm like, oh, and then you hang up and you do it again. Yeah. Well, that's what they were doing. It's like, oh, it restarted. I'm like, oh god, that's so. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I love it. It took them a while to be like, oh, it restarted. No, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, what do you hear? What is that tone? Oh, what is that? <laughs> well, that's the funny part because like 111 is the emergency telephone number in New Zealand. <laughs> They're smart. It was, yeah. Well, and that's since because it was first implemented in 1958. Mm. And then it, then it slowly rolled out nationwide until like 1988. But they still, mm. it's one of those things that it's, but, but here's the thing is the way they have, um, the reason 999 was set up that way in Britain is because the numbers are backwards on the phone, on the mm. rotary. So zero is still last, but it goes zero through nine. Nine is the one that's closest to the, to the, so it would be the shortest dial. Mm. At well, that yeah. Point. So 999 would be short. Yeah. So it goes zero through nine as opposed to one through zero the other way. Yeah. Know? Right. And I was like, wow, that's weird. But I'm like, well, yeah, that's just the way the British set it up. You know, I don't know why mm. we didn't specifically. I think it was going to be different with everything. I suppose so. What are the um, Brits doing? Do it the other way. Yeah. What side of the road are they on? Why? We're on why? The, we're on the, we'll be uh, on the right. Right, right. And I think it, I think it was. Yeah, I'm not sure specifically why it was. I was always trying to figure out why they chose that number. I think it's mainly just because it was easy, it was simple to remember. Probably, um, like along with four one one and six, like they they set up the N one one system. So there's a whole bunch of that in all sorts right. of states, but nine one one specifically it was something everybody could remember. Right, which uh, is kind of funny because there's an episode of the IT crowd where they came up with a new emergency number, <laughs> and it's super long, and but it had its song. Of course, <laughs> so yeah. If you need to remember, you had to sing the song. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really funny episode. It's yeah. So it's, uh, people and technology, it all advances. You know, I wonder someday if there's not something we're going to come across that we don't like our kids don't understand. It's like cassette tapes or something like that, where it's like, I don't know what this is. Eight track. There's I something. see that. St- I see that stuff pop up on Facebook. It's like, like if share, if you remember this, I'm like, duh. Yeah. And I think about that. And like, I think about my niece and I'm like, I mean, my niece is, she's going to be what she's 20 yeah she's 21 yeah and i'm like does she remember those at all (laughs) 
She was born when, I mean, CDs hadn't really been a thing yet. So it's possible right. she may still remember those to some extent. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I mean, she still remembers VHS um, yeah. and DVD. You know, she, she had VHS tapes when she was little and stuff. And right. DVDs. No beta, and like no, no beta max probably. Well, no, no, no. It was never, that was never a thing for us. But um, yeah. my cousins had a beta max machine. Um, I remember that because my uncle Charlie had a bunch of up through like into the nineties, he was still getting like current stuff on Betamax. I'm like, how are you even finding these things? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but he, uh, but yeah, he had a huge collection of Betamax tapes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I remember, yeah, I try to think about some of that or like Atari, you know, that's the thing. Like now Atari comes back with the flashback and they have these, th- the little yeah. mini consoles that you can plug into your, into, into a monitor or whatever and play. Right. Those and it's got like all of the Atari games already built in. Yeah. Well, some of the Atari games, cause they have different versions. So you want to buy the whole set, you know, buy all, right. buy, yeah. buy them all at like 50 bucks a pop. And it's like, right. oh, I was going to, it doesn't have a load them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't have the ones by like Activision or anything like that. It's all the, Atari. well, right. But later on, later versions did. Later versions oh. of the Atari flashback did get licensed with Activision. And so they got that. Uh, yeah. Well, no, some of them had, had some, some of the early games, like River Raid was always on there. Like that was Activision. And, mm-hmm. um, some of the other stuff, like Pitfall wasn't on there for the longest time, I remember. Pitfall was a very popular one. But, well, now, but now they all have these, like Sega came out with their own versions for the Sega Master System and for mm-hmm. the Genesis. Um, Right. And now Nintendo, of course, they have the Nintendo, the NES Classic, and the S, the Super yeah. N- Super NES Classic, and yeah, like they were re-releasing these consoles and stuff. I'm like, you guys know, I could literally just buy a Raspberry Pi for thirty five bucks and play all of your systems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why would I do that? I don't know. Right, right. The ROMs I like are the look of it. Readily available. Yeah, you don't have to blow in cartridges. You don't have to. I mean, you don't have to on the on that the never flashback console. Everybody thought that worked. Where you take the cartridge. Well, with the Nintendo <laughs> ones, you you could it, theoretically you could get some of the dust out of there, but not yeah. just blowing out. Like you need canned air to go. You know, just make sure it's right. Clear. Right. Um, oddly enough, I learned something interesting. I, I forgot to mention this. Um, that it, it some of that stuff does work. So my phone, I'd been having my my iPhone. I'd been having trouble getting the 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 cord to stay in. The oh, plug, yeah. the lightning yeah. cord at the bottom, and I thought it yeah. was, I thought it was the case for the longest time, like it was too thick. Yeah, yeah. So the plug wouldn't fit in there. No, it turns out a lot of lint had gathered in the port. Yep. And so it was getting to a point where I was worried about it actually being able to charge, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. So I so I Google it, and I'm like researching. So if you take a toothpick, <laughs> yep, and very gently scrape out inside there, you can actually pull the lint out, and now the plug just pops right in like it used to, and Yep. Because like, what's oh. happening is you're packing in all that lint every yeah. time you plug in your pack. Well, it's it been, it's, I mean, I've had this phone for like three years now. So it's, yeah, I, I, it's, you know, it's always carried around in my pocket or things like that. And so I just don't think about it. And this is the right. first time it's finally been an issue. Right. Um, so I thought that was fascinating. So there's, there's a little helpful tip for you guys. Um, there you go. Be very gentle when you stick the toothpick oh, in there. Don't just jam it in there. Just be, and go in both directions to get those corners. You know, if you have canned air, you can also jam canned air. Uh, you can you can put the hose in there and squeeze, and the, and it'll loosen it up. It, it's some some yeah. things may fly out. Well, it's probably better to go in with a toothpick because that port is very very small. Oh yeah, so it's yep. probably safer. You to can just gently. You can probably stop. loosen it up. You can do a hybrid. You can loosen it up if you can't scoop it. All I can say it. is this lends to. I don't know how this feels, but uh, I feel like I should apply the same argument to Q-tips in my ear. I don't know. <laughs> it's very oh, gently, no. sort of. 
Yeah, get in there. As long as you stop when you meet resistance, you'll be fine. You know. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Don't put Q-tips in your ear. Yeah. My doctor said the only thing that should go in your ear is your elbow. Well, I have so. to sharpen it to a point first, and I haven't quite figured out how to get that done. Then you got to dislocate your shoulder to get it in there. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. I'll get an elbow attachment that ends in a cotton-covered swab-like tip. And right. then just sit there. And, and then it kind of goes back like this. And yeah, can... it basically attaches here. just comes up. So you just kind of, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, you can get that in there. Get, right, the work. elbow attachment. I could totally make that work, man. I would make so much money from that. That's no. not dangerous. <laughs> Well, it's like well, those speaking, things, well, it's like those attachments you can get to like elongate your razor so you can shave your back. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> shave goodness! Your back hair and stuff. <laughs> I just kind of they exist. I had a roommate that had one of those. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like don't know electric, if I would do that. That's not a whole lot of control. Extension arm, so it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, wow. No, Bill. Yeah. Well, they, speaking of like old technology, there's quite a market for converting stuff like Betamax or VHS or cassette or A-Track to something more modern today. Yeah. I had a friend of mine, uh, she had found uh, a cassette tape that they made back in like 1973 or something like that, whatever, some really old tape, but it was so brittle and she didn't realize this. And when she put it in her uh, cassette player in her car, she's an older car, she uh, she put it in the cassette player and listened to it. It was great. But when it got to the end, the tape snapped. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so she was freaking out, freaking out. And I said, you know what? Uh, I used to do this all the time. I'll just take it apart. I'll splice it together. And then why don't I record it? Like I'll play it and I'll record it. So I came home. Uh, she had lent me a portable cassette player and I plugged it in to the uh, microphone in on my MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. And then I launched Audacity, and then I just adjusted the volume so it wasn't too loud, and I let it go. And I was like, I probably have one shot to do this, and I just yeah. let it go, right? And uh, I didn't do any post processing on it. I said, let's just let's just do, I'll just do the loudness. I'll amplify the thing, right? So I recorded it perfectly. I kind of edited it at the front of the beginning, and then I amplified it so it was good, and then I sent it off. And then uh, she, uh, at a family gathering, they played it for the whole family. And people were in tears because they were listening to people that are no longer yeah. around. You know, it was great. It, that was, re- But there's such a market for that. That if there you is, have the technology, people will pay. that will like convert yeah. old films to digital. I think we talked oh, about yeah. that a little bit last week. Yeah. Um, we had some old family films and stuff that uh, we converted for my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, old childhood films of them playing all and like their parents and uh, yeah. that's like seeing my grandparents at that young an age and yeah and one of them was actually in color so it was like oh my god color film you know and they're like yeah. in a swimming pool and yeah right hanging out and stuff so we did that we did that a number of years ago um we converted them my brother and my sister and i went in and paid for a conversion to digital like we went to a service mm-hmm. that actually took the film mm-hmm. and used a telecine process to Mm-hmm. Uh, converted over to DVD for us, and then like made like a a whole presentation thing for him. Yeah, and gave them all yeah. copies so they had it. Isn't that cool? We did that with our wedding video. We took it; it was on VHS, and we converted it. And so now, forever, it's it's on digital. Woo. We have in a couple of different places. Yep. Right on. We were so young. I know. Yeah. Where did the time go? 
And where did the time go now? It looks like our hour is up. Mm. So, yeah. Well played. Well played, yeah. sir. I thought so. Uh, thanks all so much for joining us. You can get this episode and all of our episodes on our website, briantrustpodcast.com. Uh, you can uh, subscribe there uh, via RSS, RSS feed, you know, whatever your favorite podcatcher is, uh, or Apple Podcasts. Uh, wherever you do subscribe to the show, if it's possible, feel free to rate and review the show because ratings and reviews are how shows get discovered by other people, uh, especially shows like ours that don't necessarily have a large audience yet. Um, yeah. Whatever you review, be honest, but be fair. If you like it, yeah. you think you just have minor quibbles with it, then rate it five stars. It's fine. Uh, let us know what we can fix. You know, if you have feedback for us or you have uh, suggestions for guests, if you're a Brian or you know someone whose name is Brian, we would love to talk to you on the show. Uh, mm. Just because. Um, just because. You can, yeah, you can contact us directly via email at briantrustpodcast.gmail.com. We also got a contact form on the website if you want. Uh, you can engage with us on our Facebook page. And it's facebook.com slash the Brian Trust. We're also available on the Twitters. Uh, the show is at the Brian Trust individually. I am at Actor Geek. I'm at B Selkie. And that's going to do it for episode 114 on this January day. And until next time. Sunrise, sunset. Sunrise, sunset. See, I feel like we should get grandparents to play at the pong table and play that song when they're growing old. Yeah. (laughs) I challenge you to learn how to play pong. While you're dialing a rotary telephone. <laughs> <laughs>